Just speak in tongues under two. Salabadasha Dumai. What a blessing we have in you. Oh, we love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Hallelujah. Are you following? Hallelujah. I'm not hearing you today. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Now, um, we want to continue with our series teaching on how to detect and deal with spiritual dryness. How to detect and deal with spiritual dryness. How to detect and deal with spiritual dryness. Now last week was awesome. We had a good time with the Holy Spirit. We explained that there are signs of dryness that every believer is supposed to take notice of in his life. Hallelujah. And we said the first sign of dryness in the spiritual life of the believer is a life of prayerlessness. Hallelujah. And now you see you need to understand that prayerlessness is a habit. Just like prayerfulness is also a habit. Are you following this thing? To be prayerless is a habit. It's a lifestyle you, cho you chose to subscribe to. When a believer begins to notice that his prayer altar or his life of prayer is not just becoming inconsistent but degrading he should just know that it's either he's dry or he's on his journey to dryness hallelujah are you following this thing at all maybe i'm not hearing you because of the fan So in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 the Bible says he speak to them a parable to this end that men always ought to pray and faint not that men always ought to pray and faint not that men always ought to pray and faint not that means prayer is a constantly daily spiritual practice hallelujah every believer must have a life of prayer in first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 the Bible says pray without ceasing and I explain to you that as breath is to the human life 
prayer is to the human soul as long as the Christian is praying he's breathing and I explained to you that you know there are people who say they can't pray because they get stressed out or they can't pray because they are tired they can't pray because they are exhausted they can't pray because their work is too busy and I explained to you that no matter how busy or exhausted you are you still breathe you don't say because today I'm tired I'm not going to breathe it's the same with your prayer life exhaustion stress whatever it is should never be a reason why you don't pray so prayer is not emotional it's not when you feel like then you pray that's wrong hallelujah it is not when you feel like then you pray no it's supposed to be a daily aspect of your life in fact that prayer will deal with that stress because the bible says they don't wait upon the lord i told you the basic definition for waiting is praying so they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength so true renewal is found in the place of prayer it says they shall mount up with wings like an eagle they shall walk and not be faint they shall run and not be weary so if you want to have a walk with god if you want to run in your spiritual walk if you want to fly you must wait how do you wait it, it begins in prayer i'm teaching you there hallelujah so prayer brings a man into the awareness of god listen you know that god is with you you know that god is in you but i'm telling you that awareness becomes intensified in the place of prayer i'm not talking about you praying today and praying the next two months no when prayer becomes a lifestyle you it brings you to a place where you become aware of god there's an awareness of god that you glean in his presence when you cultivate a life of prayer there is a certain sensation of god's presence that you harvest it can't be explained but you just become aware of god and that awareness affects how you talk and how you walk It comes in the place of prayer prayer makes god's presence real everybody knows every believer knows that god's presence he has god's presence but you see that presence becomes more real in your life through prayer do we know that god's presence is everywhere right but you see the quantity of god's presence is not everywhere for example though god's presence is technically everywhere you will not sense a certain measure of his presence in a chop bar or in a nightclub are you following this so his presence is everywhere but the amount of that presence that can be gleaned or felt or actualized in an environment is not everywhere that is how come you can find men of his presence you can't explain but there's an aura on them it is harvested only in the place of prayer hallelujah you only find that in the place of prayer 
hallelujah you know you find believers who have dreams they have dreams and spirits are chasing them they have dreams all kinds it's an indication that something is wrong with your spiritual life you got to ascend hallelujah prayer helps to submit your soul in surrender to God it is very easy to obey God when you are a man of prayer very easy because your soul just begins to surrender itself to God so God does not struggle to rebuke you you know there are Christians who cannot be rebuked by the Holy Ghost because the rebuke of the Holy Ghost does not mean anything to them I know your problem you don't pray because when you pray God's presence or God's you know you become more aware of God so it affects how God communicates to you you can't easily disobey God and sleep well as a man of prayer hallelujah prayer helps a man put his confidence in God you see one of the greatest demonstrations of faith is prayer a man who does not pray is proud because he says to himself or he says to his heart that I can do it all by myself to pray means I am helpless in my capacity to deal with issues so I turn to a greater one or an almighty one who is powerful enough to deal with my issues that, that is one aspect of prayer so prayer is exposing your poverty to God it is only poor men who pray don't think physically the concept of poverty in the natural should be converted in the spiritual if one wants to pray a poor man knows he has nothing and he knows that his survival depends on others in that same light you must apply that same principle in your work with God in a place of prayer you must see yourself as poor then you can be able to come to God daily knowing that he's your life supply hallelujah thank you Holy Spirit it is through prayer that we are able to enjoy our relationship with God because every believer has been called into fellowship in first corinthians chapter 1 the verse 9 the bible says god is faithful by whom also you were called into the fellowship of his dear son but you see it is one thing to be called into fellowship and another to engage in that fellowship it is through prayer we engage in fellowship with god are we in fellowship with god yes but does it mean we will automatically enjoy that fellowship no so we need to understand that the quality of our christian experience or the quality of our awareness of god or the quality of our work with god varies amongst believers it's not the same some are more closer to god in relationship than others it begins in prayer prayer glues your relationship with god i'm telling you To not pray is an unfortunate thing that can ever happen to a believer. I'm telling you. In fact, to not pray means you are in the danger zone 
of the evil one are you aware that the bible tells us the more jesus christ was in agony the more he prayed in fact the bible says the more earnestly he prayed he said to the disciples he says that pray that you enter not into temptation so the way out of temptation is prayer if you realize that temptations are overwhelming you go to the closet go to the closet and pray hallelujah am I teaching good do you know that the devil will have you do everything except to pray one area of spiritual attack is in the area of prayer that is how come it takes perseverance to have a consistent life of prayer haven't you realized that anytime you fix a time to pray phone calls come at that time that's the time your appetite for movies increase that is the time you feel like calling your friends to talk to them now's the time that you you remember that you have to do something during that time of prayer it's the time you see the devil does not want you to get there because he knows when you go to prayer you are going to fetch strength from god against him so he won't allow you he will keep you busy in fact the devil can open ministry appointments to a man of god so that he so that he won't pray so sometimes ministerial appointments can be a trap ah you didn't get this a man said the devil will have you preach than to pray because he knows when that preaching is not born in prayer it will not make any change or difference in the hearts of the people so he can cheer you up in preaching carry on brother but when that message is saturated in prayer you realize the hearts of the people are burning and we see that transformation go on every sunday here in this ministry hallelujah glory to god so we explained seven things that are killing your prayer life we said number one is overeating overeating is a killer of prayer life anytime you overeat and you are full the desire to pray is gone anytime you eat heavily late at night it is difficult to wake up in the morning and i'm telling you i know the bible tells us to pray at any time but the best time to pray is in the morning because how do you start your day without god someone says i pray in the evening when i'm about to sleep that's wrong pray in the evening when you're about to, to sleep it, it should be the second aspect of your prayer you go and use or waste the day you come back when you have nothing to do and you claim you want to pray you check it anytime you spend time in prayer in the morning and you're moving out look at the confidence at least you know you come back you know you return you know that they will go well you just know that something good is going to come to you you have some confidence you just know that you can't have accidents 
you know some of you are sitting at church for front and then you are you are just imagining that the door may open and you fall down you don't pray yes yeah, so when you're going out you feel you'll never come back again it's like a strong sense of fear you feel something bad is about to happen you don't pray stop praying and see what's going to happen to you it will melt like wax tell someone pray number two the second thing killing your prayer life is oversleeping and this is serious oversleeping is the number one killer of prayer lives you wake up and don't you are not really tired but the fact that you want to sleep it is some laziness inside you praise god you just sleep again it's very dangerous oversleeping is a major killer of the prayer life of many believers and many don't know that the more you oversleep the more your senses and your brains are dulled you become dull in your brain you don't know check it someone says oh man of god i've not received a new job yet too so how uh, good one ah, so can't you study some other courses can't you read through the internet can't you get some books and read maybe you can start studying french je m'appelle Audio, audio. This is not tongue, so it's, it's French. So, the day you have a job and two people collide with the same qualification, one thing I will give you an upper hand is your French. So, you don't say, I don't have a job, so there's nothing doing. So, you are watching season movie. And you eat, then you sleep, you eat, you sleep, you eat, you sleep. You don't better yourself. What are you talking about? Ah. Over, over eating, over sleeping. Number three. Impureness and uncleanness. Impureness is a major killer of prayer lives. You need to check the things that you keep hearing per day and the things that your eyes keep viewing per day because they can affect you the things you behold can defy you praise god impureness can kill prayer lives because a time is going to come when you keep feeding your soul with wrong information wrong videos wrong pictures a time is going to come anytime you are praying you'll be beholding those pictures you can't behold god again you'll be beholding those pictures and what is going to happen is that your desire to pray just dies because your soul has been corrupted i wish i had more time to explain this number four bad atmosphere what kind of association do you involve yourself in a league of gossips will bear gossips if your best friends are gossips i'm telling you you'll become one it's just a matter of time oh i'm teaching good many don't like this thing if you're among people who love entertainment parties you know You become one of them. 
people who love chilling that atmosphere can kill your prayer life everybody should have someone in his or her life that encourages him to pursue more in God the atmosphere and the association you keep influences your spiritual life I'm telling you this there are some of you your prayer life is dead because of the relationships you are keeping around you the kind of associations you keep among you it's what is killing your prayer life wrong atmosphere it will never nurture oh dear lord jesus number five poor feeding of the inner man poor feeding of the inner man if your soul is not well fed you will never have a quality life of prayer you know there are believers you hear saying that i've prayed sir no answer oh of course of course i'll show you some scripture here in first john chapter 5 first john 5 now look at the verse the verse 14 look he says and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to so it, it didn't say if you ask anything it, because if he says if you ask anything people's husbands will be in trouble I, i'm teaching good here he says if you ask anything according to his will what is his will his will is his word if you've seen god's word it is god's will listen you know maybe let me just digress and say this you know the bible says delight yourself in the lord and he shall give you what the desires of your heart delight yourself in the lord and he shall give you what the desires of your heart so now you know people think that that means that god gives us the desires of our heart yes that's true but it depends on that desire you know he didn't say that god will give you the desires of your heart he first says delight yourself in the lord why because when you delight yourself in the lord his desires becomes your desire so what god would have asked if he was a man you will ask because you now have his heart so what god's word does or what prayer does to you is that prayer shapes your desire it kills selfishness the more you spend time praying now souls will become you they will become important and relevant to you so prayer shapes your desires you cannot pray outside of scripture and expect response so the reason why your prayer is not being answered is simply because God cannot find it in his spiritual radar. It's not in his will. I'm teaching good here. Why are you asking for promotion? Is it because maybe your colleague was also promoted? And you were intimidated and you want to be on the same level that's how come you are praying a prayer 
actually your, the prayer should be praying is for God to deal with envy and jealousy in your heart that's the real prayer topic not promotion so you see why God has not answered that promotion when you qualify to be promoted he has to discipline you in the school of the spirit by dealing with envy in your heart are you following this thing at all love this thing so poor feeding of the enemy i'm going to come there very soon number six worry and anxiety worry and anxiety you know there are people who worry as if they are from worry <laughs> now your name is mr worry worry and anxiety is a major killer of prayer lives there are many Christians who worry about everything. They worry about everything. They are always anxious. How will I survive tomorrow? Meanwhile, they're living today. How will I pay the rent? How will I eat? Meanwhile, you'll be eating three square meals, two square meals every single day. Do you know you become so anxious that the desire to pray goes? Listen, the only way of dealing with anxiety is praying. Or maybe you don't know that it's possible that the reason why you lost that job was because you were anxious. And the company is looking for confident people. And you were sitting on the panel, they were asking you questions. <laughs> so, if we entrust you with this money, how will you be able to take care of it? Please. You hear from us. Yes, indeed, you hear from them. Someone who's going to be entrusted with their money cannot talk. Listen, one thing prayer does is that it deletes files of anxiety and worry out of you. When you begin to pray, there's a certain confidence that enters you. It happens naturally. You just don't fear anything again. So, if you realize that there's a lot of fear, you know, inside your heart, increase prayer. Hallelujah. Number seven, excessive uncontrolled pleasure. It's a major killer of the prayer life of the believer. Addiction to TV programs. Addiction to phones. Addiction to, to social media. We have about 97% of them sitting here watching me. In their nose mask. I'm telling you. There are many believers who don't have any control in their lives. Listen. Don't let anything material control you. I'm telling you. Never. Tell this body what it ought to do. If it's time for prayer, don't replace it with social media. Don't replace it with Facebook. Don't replace it with WhatsApp.
I want to do it very quickly today. Number two, the second sign of dryness is wordlessness. 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 James chapter 1, the verse 21. James 1 21. The back. Oh. He says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. One of the signs you can use to intelligently discover that you are running dry spiritually is when you don't spend time with the word ask the person sitting beside you when was the last time you read your bible on your own you see you yourself you are speaking anatomy because you don't feel okay ask the same person again when was the last time you opened your bible What did the person say? No lies will be entertained in this house. <laughs> you, you ask the person, do you even have a Bible at all? <laughs> you are a believer, you don't have a Bible. What are you believing? in the kingdom praise God so how is your life guided how is your marriage guided how is your business guided how, how is your relationship with people guided what guides your life what is guiding you are you aware from this scripture it is telling us in the soul of every man whether with christ or without christ there is filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness inside it and the only way you can save that soul is by engrafting the word in your soul if you want to take that filth out of your soul get the word engrafted there every human soul has naughtiness it's the word of God God's word is the only solution in Romans chapter 12 the verse 2 the Bible says do not be conformed to the path things of this world that means this world has a pattern but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind The Bible tells us the engrafted word of God is able, it has the capability to save your soul. Your soul is a makeup of your mind, your will, and your emotion. When you, you see, man is a tripartite being. He's a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a body. You know, there are people that believe that, that don't believe that. Well, in my journey now, I want to believe that. When you got born again, it was your spirit that got saved. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. It's your spirit. It happened once but you see in your soul which is the makeup of your mind your will and your emotion it was not born again it was not saved 
all the bad thoughts you had you were not saved from it it's still there all that stinginess is still there all that lustful desires is still there it takes the engrafted word of God so he says do not be conformed but be all transformed by, by the renewing of your mind so every believer must constantly renew his mind in the word of God listen do you know that Israel came out of Egypt and they journeyed or they were journeying to the promised land but there was a problem though they were out of Egypt Egypt was still in them they were speaking like Egypt thinking like Egypt behaving like Egypt and everything about them was still like Egypt one time they said to Moses we remember the cucumber and the onions that we heard Moses why have you brought us here take us back to Egypt so though they were out of Egypt Egypt was still in them and Egypt signifies the world every born again believer has been born out of the world he has been delivered from spiritual Egypt which is bondage but guess what Egypt is in the soul of the man in Christ you still have worldliness inside there and you got to get rid of it how? by the renewing of your mind praise God so God wanted to give them manna they said we don't want it what is that manna? his word and today that same principle is happening to the church the church is refusing to eat manna and by their actions they are telling God God I remember the leek and the, and the lettuce and the cucumber and the salad I was enjoying in Egypt many believers are still governed by the world they still, they still do what they feel and not what God's word says do you know of this man called Lazarus he was dead for four days Jesus came he called him out and Lazarus came out from the grave but guess what when Lazarus came out from the grave he was bound Jesus did not say ropes get off he said lose him and let him go it was a natural thing other men had to do for him do you know that this is a revelation to us Lazarus means the one who God helps that means that man is helpless so Lazarus represents us because we were helpless in ourselves Lazarus was dead just like we are also spiritually dead when he died Jesus waited four days do you know that the Bible says a day unto the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years to God is a day do you know from the time Adam sinned to the time Jesus came was four thousand years so that four days of waiting was four thousand years of God waiting to bring redemption to mankind who was dead in sin and trespasses so just like Jesus came and he went to the grave 
spiritually he went to our graves and he says comfort we were raised together with him hallelujah so when Lazarus was raised from the dead it is a picture of how we are raised from the spiritual death unto new life so this guy was alive but he was still bound the believer is alive in Christ but still bound in his mind and Jesus did not use the supernatural power of God to say Lazarus be loosed he says lose him so though you have been raised from the dead there are some natural things God is expecting to do for yourself to get that ropes of your life and you may be born again you may be raised from spiritual dead yet you may be bound in your mind by wrong thoughts I cannot be bound lose him and let him go so it was other men who naturally took off the ropes today I'm that man who is losing you by giving you revelation and the more you imbibe the word the more you masticate the word the more you take in the word you are being loosed I've been loosed hallelujah so every believer must have the word in second timothy chapter 3 verse 15 he says and that from a child thou has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in christ jesus listen it is through the scriptures that we receive wisdom in salvation there are many believers who are unwise when it comes to matters on salvation the more you study the word your wisdom in matters of salvation is enlightened it's awakening then the next verse says all scripture is given by the inspiration of god and is profitable in other words there is profit in god's word so every believer is a spiritual tradesman when you take your bible you are trading you seen a man that does forex trading online you are trading there is profit he says and is profitable for doctrine that's teaching for reproof that's conviction your convictions are in god's word you know there are believers who are carried away by every wind of doctrine they don't have conviction in their lives they say corona they say corona and people are dying no no no, no. you don't know what you're saying People are dying so what what is god's personal revelation you have received as you glean from his word he says a thousand shall fall by thy side ten thousand shall fall on the right hand side he says only with thy eyes will you behold the wicked only with thy eyes that's a conviction i'll fear no evil for thou art with me that's a conviction he's with me he says for correction listen you have to see you have challenges in your life oh. that character inside you it is only the word of god that can change it you see how we are all looking nice here 
in the house we are not we are you know we all looking nice hello pastor good morning praise the lord hallelujah sir we love you pastor whatever you say we'll do it sir holy frashana hasida you know in the house when they even send him or her to go and buy toothpaste it's a problem he doesn't respect anybody he doesn't honor anybody there is a lot of problem he says the word of god will correct you as i'm teaching you i'm bringing you correction it's up to you to receive or reject so there are some of you god's word will come as water some of you god's word will come as a king some of you it's going to come as an injection because it's going to heal you so sometimes it will come painfully some of you it's going to come as chloroquine very bitter to your to your lips you're like man of god you are hitting me yeah yeah you are my target here yeah? well come on let me target hallelujah and that's what the word of god is doing hallelujah and for instruction in righteousness so god's word instructs you on how right your life should be so imagine you ignore the word you are trying to live life all by yourself i pity a believer who does not place value on the word of god you are too busy to study the bible someone said don't God, i don't really understand when i read it you know what you can do find the audio teachings you have been hearing every day and listen to it every morning and every scripture i mentioned go through that scripture because through that you can identify yourself i'm teaching good look at second timothy now uh, look at second timothy chapter 2 the verse 50. look it's a steady to show yourself approved unto God. A workman. So every believer is a workman. Who needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, if you don't rightly divide the word of truth. You, you will, your life will be filled with shame. So if you don't want to be ashamed. Stay with the word. Do you remember Elijah had a very long journey to go. And an angel appeared to him and gave him cake. And the angel said, Arise, eat, for the journey is long. Do you know you have a long spiritual journey? It is how much you eat that determines how much you go. Eat, for the journey is long. In other words, how well you will keep on in a journey with God depends on how much you eat so imagine you are going through your spiritual journey without eating no wonder many christians have given up no wonder many christians have suicidal thoughts if you are christian i need to rebuke you on this and you have suicidal thoughts i'm telling you you are not deep in the word of god get out of that shame suicide means suicide i'm so aware of my purpose that it can't even click 
much of the word do you have? Me, think of divorce. Are you kidding me? How much of the word do you have in your spirit? How much of the word? You're always angry. Always offended. You don't forgive people. What's wrong with you? I know your problem. No word. Because how much of the word you have? The Holy Ghost picks it per time, per circumstance. Then he drops it into your mind. He takes the word from your spirit, drops it to your mind. Then he makes you aware of that word. Then he adds conviction power to that word. Then you are like, you're not okay. <laughs> it's the chemistry of the Holy Ghost. So imagine you don't have the word. Where does he pick it from? Where does he pick it from? Because you are you are empty, you are empty-headed. You don't have anything inside your head. Spirituality bonbon. That means no forgiveness today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, look. First Timothy chapter 4, the verse 12. I love the word. He says, 4 12. Come to the verse 13. He says, Till I come, give attendance. That's what we do to the word. We give it attendance. He says, To reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Then he says, the next verse, Neglect not the gift of God which is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Next verse. He says, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. That thy profiting may appear. Listen. When you're a man of the word, when you appear somewhere, they know. I went for a birthday party. One man I prayed for. He was celebrating the, the, the birthday of the wife. They're very well to do. So they invited me. At one nice restaurant, they were doing that for me. So I went there. There were many pastors around. So I was just sitting in my small corner. And they made all of them pray for them. When they were finished, he says, let the prophet come and pray. When I lifted up the prayer, and they saw the nutrients, the ingredients in the word, everybody opened their eyes and were beholding, who is that man? <laughs> who is that man? When they closed, they were saying, the man, who is, which, where, which church is he from? Who is he? Where is he from? His prayer was blessing me. I said, hey, Kalataka, men are blessing me by prayer. We were not preaching, just the they were blessed. The prayer refreshed them. Your profiting will appear to all men who know you are with the word. When you are filled with the word, you are just humble. You don't prove to anybody that you are anything. You are stabilized spiritually. You are anxious for nothing. Nothing takes you by surprise. 
because you're already aware hallelujah he says that thy profiting may appear to all there is a way the people of this world behave and react when you are filled with the word you always act the opposite if a mate insults you in the car as a student of the word what do you do you know we found christians who fight in trotro they fight in trotro why because of 50 pesos change men of the world they know that their lives are accountable that moment you ignore that fight someone was watching someone drawn closer to god by that action there are two bibles in the world one is with you and one is you every single day your life is preaching every single day your life is preaching your words are preaching your your conduct is preaching your attitude is preaching are men seeing christ in you or they are seeing crisis in you oh i'm teaching well i'm teaching well yeah i i know i know something is entering there in first peter chapter 2 the verse 2 the bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby how do you grow by the word that's the milk that's the milk oh jesus how much of the word do you have what a blessing listen listen in every area of your life that you find yourself deficient in is because of your ignorance of the word in that area do you know you can be a good pastor but a bad husband if you were a good pastor but a bad husband that means that in the area of god's word in that side you are deficient of god's word do you know you can you can actually win best worker awards but you have a bad temper are you aware you may have applied the principle of hard work gleaned from the scripture but when it comes to temper you failed in that area why because you are deficient in that area of god's word and you need to understand that you cannot use a car key to open a padlock key you cannot use that shall not fear to solve temper problem so many christians think the father i read the bible something has happened no which area did the bible influence in your life that's the question so if it's about marriage what did the bible say about marriage you go there ephesians chapter 5 the verse 22 you go there and go and read how a husband must behave how a wife must behave he says ah, oh, ah, oh, eh. he says wives submit yourselves unto your own husband you see he said your own husband because you may submit to your pastor but not to your husband your own husband the people who greet their pastor with their hands at their back but how they treat their husband look look at what he added to it he did not just say 
submit yourself to your own husband he added as unto the lord as unto the lord you submit to him as you would do if god was standing beside you do you know what it means to submit to your husband someone says in that area i disagree i, I disagree I, I disagree don't marry him no once you marry him you must submit because if you don't that is where the problems in marriage are going to start to grow so in that area of submission if you fail as a wife you may speak in tongues but your marriage will collapse are you aware that in every institution you have to finish before they give you certificate in the institution of marriage they give you certificate before you start have you have you heard that before they give you the certificate before you start that means you will never end so they are certificate they are certifying you before you never end look at the next verse he, he says for the husband is the what is the head of the wife he did not just say head of the house head of the wife you know what it means maybe let me just be blunt with you whatever he says is final you see how you're, you're uncomfortable you see how the, the ladies are feeling uncomfortable they're like they're not okay it's like man of god equality equality equal equal equality equality for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church do you know that if you don't act that way seeing your husband as the head and you treat him as the nose or you treat him as the intestine do you know what it's going to mean it means that you are actually corrupting the original intent of christ and the church by the way you are treating your husband you challenge him in everything that he says be careful look he says he is the savior of the body next verse therefore as the church is subject unto christ look so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything i told you last time now listen listen if your husband gives you an area in marriage to take final decision it's a privilege don't abuse it that doesn't mean you have the final say in everything no if it gives you the opportunity to say okay when it comes to this area handle it you are the one in charge it's a privilege has given to you if see if you don't want this that means you're throwing the bible away you know now people want to write their own bibles that's why you're having problems it's the final authority if it gives you a chance to take a decision it is what a privilege if you don't go by this you will have problems I say, if I submit to him to be like he has won. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Do you know that you, you stand before Jesus Christ to give an account of how you treated your husband? It's in Colossians 3. Can we read it? We'll be judged by how we handle our husbands. And a lot of husbands who are bleeding. let's continue next verse he says husbands love 
now do you see the bible never come uh, you know it didn't really stress on commanding the, the wives to love the husband because women don't have love problem they can they can fall for us with ease are you following this thing at all they don't you know the problem they have is what submission that's what the problem is so if you solve the submission problem someone says man of god okay well the bible says we should submit and then men should love us until you have loved me i won't submit that's your problem he didn't say wait for your husband to love you before you submit someone says how can i submit to somebody uh, uh, who, who is behaving this way who doesn't love me submit to him as for the matter of loving leave that to god but trust me there is no man who continuous submission hasn't changed because listen if you make him feel like a king he will reign with you as a queen so you have to treat your husband specially i'm teaching god's word so many believers are deficient in that area but they are speaking in tongues tongues does not solve submission problem i'm teaching good give him the best plate in the house give him the best chair to sit on on your dining table allocate a place where nobody sits there only him oh they don't like this thing See, make him feel like a king. I'm telling you. Don't see the moment you you make your husband feel you are challenging his authority. There is a certain lion in him that will want to that will want to wrestle against you. I'm telling you, it's natural. Men want to. They have the desire to reign. And you realize that your husband, who was all all good, all of a sudden has changed. You changed him. You changed him. If he became a lion, it was you that caused it. I'm teaching good here. Then he says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Men don't have submitting problem. They have love problem. What love am I talking about? Baby girl, I miss you. I miss you, love. You know I love you. Haven't you seen men who say I love you to their wives and they're cheating on their wives? If you're speaking of loving your wife, you look at it from 1 Corinthians 13. He says love is patient. So loving your wife is being patient with her. Love is kind. Loving your wife is being kind to her. Love does not keep record of wrongs. How many husbands are here? They've kept every record of wrongs their wives have done to them. And they're just waiting for the opportunity and the curious time for them to, to, to rise up. May your agenda be frustrated in the name of Jesus. He said, Love believes in all things. You have to believe in your wife. There are men who don't believe in their wives. There are men who compliment other ladies. They don't compliment their wife. I'm entering there. Oh, there are men who hold the backs of other ladies. They have never held their wives back before. He says, as Christ loved the church. No, see, as, as Christ loved the church, that's how you love your wife. If a man goes by this, I'm telling you, your marriage will never be the same. And give himself for it. Do you know what he's talking about? Sacrifice. 
true love is sacrifice if you truly love your wife you sacrifice for her in other words if there's only one meal left in the house give it to her and die oh you do you understand this thing when was the last time you bought a gift for your wife what was the last time uh, you know you know you know someone says man of god i'm not yet married so charity begins at home whatever you are doing now it will reflect in the marriage actually in court more gifts are bought after marriage you know when you are courting it is a man that's that the chasing after marriage <laughs> i rest my case <laughs> I rest my case. Let's move on. He says that he might sanctify and cleanse it. That means, listen, listen, with the washing of water by the word, that means your words must always cleanse your wife. Don't stress her out. Say words of grace to her. Because women are hurt by words. So one of the ways you show love to your wife is by talking to her well. Talk to her well shout on her just like that that's not love i said sit down sit down huh? you missed it how what's wrong with you don't you know they wake up they are the weaker vessels being a man is not the size of your manhood though <laughs> you don't know this thing it's the size of your love for her I'm telling you women are not moved by sex I'm telling you the truth we sex means everything to us say pastor do you have sex no <laughs> I speak the word someone says pastors don't have orgasm no we cry Abba father We, <laughs> we groanings that cannot be altered. That's what we do. That's what we do. Why? That's what we do. <laughs> Daddy, my sanctify her. Look at the next verse. Look, look. He says that he might present it to himself. How is your wife presented to you? He says a glorious church that means your wife must always be looking glorious i'm telling you if your wife is not looking nice you are failed as a husband you don't know this thing if your wife is losing her beauty you are the cause you are not doing something right oh i'm teaching with you he says having spots or wrinkle there are some women because of pressure from their husband problems thinking because when he's going out the wife is afraid he's afraid that he's going somewhere now she's always thinking now she's even having wrinkles he says present her to yourself without wrinkles or any certain but that it should be holy and without blemish guys you got to hear this you got to hear this your love for your wife must be constant irrespective of her looks 
all they say men are moved by what they see after marriage it changes you subscribed to that application and you told her for better for worse after giving birth if her size changes you love her they say she became crippled through an accident you love her they say there's a man of God who had to resign because he had to stay home to take care of the sick wife until she died you love her irrespective of any change in her no you don't like this teaching you don't like it you love her the same pastor my wife's breast has become like tatale fry it and eat it i've been saying that fry it and eat it you choose it you have to love her the same way Oh, but Lord, for Shatterbody, if you are deficient of this revelation, you will sweat. I'm teaching good. Look at First Peter chapter three, the verse seven. Look, it says, "Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge." That word "knowledge" is common sense giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being asked together of the grace of life look that your prayers be not hindered do you know that how you treat your wife can hinder your prayer some of you the tears of your wife is just scattering everything in your life you're making her weep too much so don't you have a conscience you don't kill that ego i'm telling you every man has, has an ego but if you're a child of god you got to kill it that hard heart why you want to prove that you're a master stop it as the hand of your wife how you rule is by service i'm telling you it's not hey do you hear what pastor said? I'm the head. No, no, no. That's not it. How does Jesus prove he's the head of the church? By dying and nourishing and cherishing the church. Look, look at the next verse. Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 24. No, come to 28. Next uh no 28 he says so look so ought men to love their wives as their own hey you must love your wife as your own body he that loveth his wife loveth himself so there are many men who hate themselves they hate themselves next verse he says for no man ever yet hated his own flesh but what nourish it and cherish it it even as the lord is church i'm teaching good 
What did God's word say about anger? Ephesians 4.30. You're going to see that. Then. He says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. That means a Christian can grieve the Holy Spirit. And there's a way you will know that you have grieved the Holy Ghost. Don't behave like you don't know what you have done. You just grieved him. Apologize to him. Look, he says, by whom you are sealed unto the door of redemption. Now, how do you give the Holy Ghost? Look at the next verse. Let all when a Christian becomes bitter, the Holy Ghost is grieved. So you gotta be you gotta be aware of your heart. Bitterness grieves the Holy Ghost, and what wrath? Anytime uncontrolled anger defeats you, you have grieved the Holy Ghost. He says, clamor, evil speaking. Look, be careful of your words. You know, some of us are so sensitive. There are times you make some statements and later in our heart, we say, Lord, I'm sorry. If a believer does not have those breaks working in his heart, oh, your life will be like a car without a steering wheel. You just be moving. Be put away from you. The word put away means to divorce. So you have to divorce these things. He says, with all malice, that's wickedness. And what are the things that makes the Holy Ghost glad? The next verse is going to tell us. He says, be ye kind. Anytime a believer is kind, the Holy Ghost gets excited. He says, that's my life. He says, tender hearted. Tender hearted. Then he says, forgiving one another. How quick do you forgive people? Am I teaching good here at all? The way you are quiet on me this morning, I'm suspecting you. He says, forgiving one another. Tell the person sitting beside you, forgive me if I offend you. How do you keep an offense in your heart? For one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. What's wrong with you? You don't cherish your spiritual life? No, you don't cherish your Christian life? You just can't forgive when God forgave you in Christ Jesus and you did not deserve it he says even as for Christ's sake has forgiven you listen these are the things that should guide your life you are too ambitious these are basic things that should guide your life so much in God's word but the only thing that comes out of you is the revelation of the word when God's word begins to navigate your life you don't say what you want Ephesians chapter 4 the verse 29 watch that he says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth hey but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers don't let your words be offensive to people let your words be gracious tell someone let your words be gracious Titus chapter 3 the verse 2 I saw this scripture it began to shape my life he says speak evil of no man speak evil of no man now listen you have to be careful when you are speaking evil of other people 
because it's not godly be very careful when you are speaking evil of other people it's not godly there are Christians who speak evil of other Christians that is not spiritual I'm telling you it's not spiritual it's carnal and you've got to be careful anytime you're speaking evil of somebody you know you have crossed your boundary listen there is a certain regulator inside you is the Holy Ghost he regulate it and all of a sudden you start losing your joy you start losing your peace it's like you're uncomfortable stop it when you start feeling that way stop it the Holy Ghost is telling you what you're doing is not nice I'm teaching you Are you blessed today? Yes. Lift up your hands and begin to bless the Lord.